My name is Mac. Welcome to Hammer and Task Radio slash YouTube slash 360 TV Video Everywhere channel. I have with me Mike. Mike Gittin, say hi. Hello. I have with me Olivier. Say hi. Hey, everybody. And our guest of honor today in our first real episode, assuming this actually works, is Neil, who is down in the Bay Area. Is that correct? That's right. Mountain View. Mountain View. Okay, so... Um, Hammer and Tusk is a community dedicated to VR and AR and 360 content and the entire sort of emerging world of immersive content. My friends here are all interested in this for different reasons. Let's talk about why you're interested in this and how you came about this and the fact that it has nothing to do with your job. It's just a passion for you. <laughs> That's right. Uh, in my day job, I work at Google. I work on the Google Plus team. And yes, you can make jokes about Google Plus. If you want I wasn't going to, but if you want to, we can. <laughs> I just opened that door. Yeah. Uh, but in sort of at night, I'm sort of researching virtual reality. I think it's a fascinating new field. I think it's going to change a lot of things. You know, education, uh, simulations, training, um, medical science. I mean, you name it. There's a number of fields where virtual reality is really going to make a difference. I am trying to focus on uh, entertainment, namely movies. Uh, I think there's a huge potential for virtuality movies to be sort of the next paradigm-changing shift in movies. Just like when film projection was invented, people figured out a whole new way to tell stories. Before it was live act plays, there was you know uh, vaudeville, there was stage drama, but there was no concept of a story told in shots, in frames, in little edited snippets that could, you know, evoke emotion and make you feel that you were part of, uh, you know, these characters' lives. So immersive virtual reality has the potential to take that to the next level completely. I mean, actually put the viewer in the action with the characters, feeling the story, just like, it, you know, they were actually there. So clearly we profoundly agree, that's why we have a immersive content podcast in the first place. And I want to dive in on a couple things you just said, but before we do that, let's talk about why a guy like you with an engineering background, with an understanding of the implications of this technology across so many different verticals, uh -huh. chooses to dive in on the narrative element or the passive consumer element of the storytelling in the movie. Are you a movie buff? Are you a movie guy? Do you want to fight with me about Robert De Niro's best movie? Or like, how did you end up choosing this as the way to go? Well, I love movies. I'm, I'm a movie buff. I like to be a movie guy. Uh, that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. Uh, but then somehow along the way, I sort of got into engineering and I found that I liked that too. Uh, and it seems to pay a little bit better than, it, than movies did back in the day. It does, it does. <laughs> so I was like, oh, let's make some money. So here I am. But I never lost uh, my passion for watching movies and hoping to make movies someday. So when VR came along, this seemed to me like a great opportunity to get in on the ground floor and explore this medium. Everybody's trying to figure out how to make movies in VR, uh, and so am I. And I'm hoping that you know I can be a part of the team or you know, all the pioneers around the world who are trying to make this happen. Do you have any thoughts that relative to what you just said about editing being such a sort of level up exponentially different factor on um, on thespian storytelling, right? 
From a play to a movie, we got editing as this major achievement and this major technology, essentially. Any thoughts on what that looks like in VR or what kind of technology or narrative evolutions we can see that will be significant? Okay, well, let me start by setting some context on sort of how things are done in traditional film. Uh, in movies, the story is told through this concept of a frame and it's controlled by the director. I mean, the director tells you what to see by pointing the frame at it. So if you're watching a conversation between two people, you see the two people in a framing shot, you know, both of them together, and then you see one or the other person as they are talking, or you get reaction shots from the other person. Yeah. Now, if an explosion goes off in, say, the background of the scene or whatever, the frame pulls back to show the explosion, and then the, both the people react, and there's debris, there's people screaming, there's aftermath, all of that good stuff. The frame tells you where to look by cutting in visuals. It's telling you a story by showing you a lot of photos very, very fast, basically. Yeah. Right? But in VR, I mean, there is no frame. It's, it's an immersive environment. You can't show the viewer where to look because the viewer can look anywhere. The, the viewer is in the same space as the people having the conversation. I mean, how do you get the viewer to look at the people having the conversation? How do you get them to focus on the dialogue, the acting, you know, the, the story? How do you guide them to the story? And this the is cables? the challenge. Sorry? Where do we hide all the cables? And where do you hide all the cables? So Mike works in news and literally like, you know, I've seen how they make the news because of him and there's a lot of technology and equipment and cables that goes into making that frame that you're talking about real. I mean, there's a whole bunch going on behind the scenes. And a lot of people that don't want to give up the control of the frame either. Yeah. Uh, and that's why it does involve new, uh, new, new ways of thinking, of filmmaking. Completely new ways. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to sort of figure out along with a lot of the other people. So I mean, if you break down the elements of a virtual reality experience, I mean, I, I think there's two. There's immersion with all of our senses. I mean, we take in information through eyes, ears. Um, currently, headsets are able to sort of just cater to those two senses, but hopefully down the line, as we get gloves or you know some sort of a haptic bodysuit, and people are working on these things. We should be able to use our sense of touch, for instance, all coming together to be able to enhance that sense of us actually being there, you know. Um, and this is, I know a lot of these accessories aren't there right now, but they will be there. I mean, as the content develops, people will build these accessories so that they can enjoy the experience more. Just like cameras got better, projection got better, now we have flat screen TVs in everybody's house and all the content is in HD. I mean, you make good movies and people will pay to be able to experience that stuff in a better way. That's what I feel. But the second thing is, apart from immersion, the second part of virtual reality experience is interactivity. I mean, you can't expect people to be immersed in an environment and just sit there and do nothing. They have to be able to interact with the story in some way, you know. And the story has to change a little bit at least based on their interaction. So um, there's an example I mean, I, 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 of, say, uh, a monster chasing a bunch of people, right? So if, if the viewer sort of gasps or screams or says something that indicates that they are afraid or whatever it is, yeah. The, the monster could essentially look at them or start heading towards them or something like that, you know, yeah, to yeah, yeah, make yeah, them yeah. feel like they're a part of the story. Um, and then the characters, they attract the monster's attention again and the 
monsters are going back to them. But what you've done is basically involve the viewer in the story. You've made them feel like they're there being a part of the story. It's tiny things like that. I mean, if there's a conversation going on, the viewer seated at the table with these characters, the characters could look at the viewer, you know, or say something to the viewer, nudge them a little bit or something like that. It doesn't have to be significant, but it's little things that go to make the person feel like they're there. One of the interesting things about theater in all of its history of the sort of, in all of its human history, and then movies as they've existed at least in my lifetime, is that they are a fundamentally social experience. I mean, I watch a lot of movies alone, don't get me wrong, but I also, if I'm, if I'm 16 and I'm going on a date, I go to a movie. If I'm hanging out with my shitty friends and we're going to smoke weed and be like stoner 18-year-olds, we're going to smoke a bunch of weed and watch a movie. And if I'm going to sit around at a family reunion and I hate all those people and it's boring, we're probably going to watch a movie. Movies are, they don't have to be a social experience, but they are in many cases, in our real life use case, they're a social experience. And so one of the major criticisms of VR as a narrative and as a storytelling experience is that it is a solitary thing. Do you have thoughts on that? Yes, this is this is a problem that hasn't been solved, frankly. I mean, this is you're right, absolutely, that movies are social experiences. Uh, but if you think about it, I mean, in a theater, when you watch movies the way they were supposed to be screened, it's a dark theater. You're not supposed to talk to people around you. You know, it's it's meant to be you and the screen. Yeah. Now, the experience is better, of course, if you're sitting with a bunch of friends and all of you are you know, shooting the shit about the movie and making comments about the dialogue and scenes and stuff like that. It's more fun, but it does take away from the experience of watching the movie. Yeah. So there's pros and cons to that. Uh, it is, I mean, VR is currently at least a one-on-one -on -one medium. I mean, you put the headset on and you're in it and but games started out that way too, right? I mean, games, yeah. console games, for instance. I mean, you, you had a controller and you played the game all by yourself. And eventually they got multiplayer uh, role-playing games and then you could bring in your buddies from all around the world to play Call of Duty with you with the same thing. Eventually VR will get there. You know, you will have narrative experiences where you and your friends can all be sort of part of the story. Now, Here's, here's one of the things I'd like to see VR to get into. Now, right now, if you watch a movie, you're essentially, you're removed from the scene, right? Yeah. Even if characters look at you, like I, like I said, that's not good enough because the action is separate from you. What if you could experience the movie as one of the characters? Like, imagine, you know, you're Bruce Willis in Die Hard, for instance. Dude, that yeah. was what I was gonna say! <laughs> Bruce Willis in Die Hard, totally! Okay. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker! That's right. Oh my god. Now, if you, you've, you've, you know the movie, you know the beats, you know, you love this character, you, you like everything, you know everything that's gonna happen. Now, what if you can watch the experience as John McClane would? Yeah. You know, you film the scene with, you know, the actor wearing a camera rig on his head or whatever it is, and all the lines are the same, the story beats are the same, you go through it, but you're seeing it from the point of view of Bruce Willis. It's a whole different way to experience the movie, right? Uh, now, if you have your friends and they want to watch it with you, suppose, say something, and this is all fanciful examples, okay? So don't 
think of this as <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lord of the Rings for instance you know and the fellowship is just formed and you and your friends are watching the movie and you can be Aragorn and your friend gets to be Legolas or whatever it is and you know you love this movie you love the experience now you get to live it immersed in it as one of the characters that could be a great social experience i mean that's what you and your friends essentially do when you sit and watch a beloved movie is you know talk about the characters and you know share your share your love for them but this is another way of doing that so now you've told us sort of your vision of vr i was wondering what steps are you thinking of taking to make your vision come true oh uh, well um that's a good question so i I'm trying to sort of meet people who have filmmaking experience. I I like story. I sort of enjoy story, the art, the concept of storytelling. I'd love to make some movies. But I, I want to find people, I want to partner with people who have technique, who understand, you know, lighting, camera, how to how to how to bring drama to a shot. And I'm hoping that down the line, you know, I I maybe I'll, I I want to make the great train robbery for VR if I can. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so you predicted five years. We have four four and a half years to follow your progress on the great train robbery. I'm betting it working. <laughs> and you, so actually, okay, right before we wrap up here, let's. Uh, Let's talk about how, I mean, I found you through Kartik, but when I found you, I went and looked you up online, I found you on Medium. So what are you doing on Medium about all of this? Uh, currently I'm writing. I mean, all these things that I just said, uh, I'm trying to create posts that maybe other people will read and maybe through that, through Medium, through the Medium of Medium, find other people who are thinking about the same things, who are trying to solve the same problems and connect with them. Just like I connected with you, Mac, and uh, yeah. you know, I want to sort of form a little gang of people, and we can solve this problem together. So right now, I'm just putting my thoughts down, hoping to find other people who think the same way. So as we wrap up this episode, which we're probably going to ship because this has been pretty great, to be honest. Um, Neil talked about trying to build a community, connecting with people who have the same concerns, questions, problems, and enthusiasm that he does. That is exactly what we're building at Hammer and Tusk. And awesome. so I met Neil. That's how we're going to stay friends. And sir, thank you for your time. I will email you tomorrow and we'll talk about how awesome of a job we just did. Thank you, Mac, and thank you, Mike and Olivier. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Take care. Bye. Bye.